Hello everybody, I'm Dane Gentry. How's everyone doing tonight? I hope everyone is well. Um, I had a guest lined up tonight. I was going to do an interview with a guy. Um, he's uh, young in sobriety. Um, and to be honest, I, I really I really expected it, but I gave him a chance. Um, and of course, you know, he not only did he not tell me, uh, he just chose to uh, in my opinion, be a coward about it, but that's okay. Uh, that just, in my opinion, you're not ready for recovery. You're not really doing the right thing and all that good stuff. So anyway, uh, we're going to go on the show tonight. I hadn't done one in a while, so got to get one in. That's for sure. I need it as well as everybody else does. I hope. So what we're going to talk about tonight is going to be responsibility and, uh, just different things that come with being sober. Cause when we're, uh, out there ripping and running and drugging, uh, none of us are responsible. I don't care if you want to lie to yourself and tell you that you are, you're not. Uh, you lose all sense of responsibility. Uh, when I'm sober, uh, I'm a very responsible man. I'm a very clean man. I'm a very tidy man. I'm very all these different things. But um, the second I put that chemical in my body, all that leaves. Uh, no matter what responsibilities I have, I do not live up to them or do I keep them. Hey, Black Dragon, how you doing, buddy? Um, and so... That's part of it. Uh, like I said, I had a guy supposed to come on tonight. Uh, he left me hanging. Uh, yeah, he's young in sobriety. Uh, in my opinion, he's playing sobriety. He's not even sober, uh, so to speak. He may say that he is, and for all outward appearances, um, to some people, he, he might be. But it's kind of been one of those things where, you know, you kind of think he's still using but new. So I was really going to put him on the spot, and I think that's kind of uh, the reason he didn't come on. But that's okay. Uh, he can live that way. Uh, he's not sober because when we're sober, we do what we say we're going to do. Uh, we are responsible. We are men and women. Let me put it that way. That's the best way to put it. Because, um, you know, like I said, before you come on here, when, when we're drinking and drugging or whatever it is we're doing, we're, we're not responsible for shit. I don't care what you got to do. You just don't do it. So um, it's all fine and dandy. Um, so that's what I'm going to talk about, man. I'm going to talk about being responsible. And, uh, Hello there, Mr. Be Great Times. How you doing tonight? Uh, Dragon, you can come up and talk if you want to, buddy, or you can too, Mr. Be Great, whoever wants to. Uh, uh, how you doing, buddy? I'm Dave. How you doing, Dane? There's something, only one thing that really is bothering me. It's not that bad of a thing that's bothering me. Marcos FM has had a show not too long ago tonight. The kind of thing that bothers me, here's what I don't get, Dane. Yes, I am a good radio station DJ. I know that, folks. I know I'm good at what I do. But you got to understand something. I, what did I just say before, Dane, to you before when you, when you met me a long time ago? That I don't make Podbean all about me because it isn't. Just because I'm good at radio don't mean there's somebody that ain't all, can't be always better than what I am. Because they are right. good. Period. Mm -hmm. Just because I've had 15 years of experience that ain't nothing to a veteran that's had a hundred years more. Right. Right. So let's not, um, let's not get it mixed up and thinking I'm the, I, I'm definitely not the end all be all the, of this universe. Now, am I Dane? No. Well, of course not. Of course not. How you doing, Bobby? No, I'm not. All right. I'm going to tell these. All right. Just so y'all know, uh, I suppose I had an interview tonight. Um, he left me hanging and uh, didn't show. So what I'm going to be talking about is going to be responsibility, man, or being responsible in sobriety. Um, and so 
when we're when we're drinking and drugging, and anybody's more than welcome to call in. Y'all come up and talk, speak, ask questions, do whatever as well. Um, when we're out there drinking and drugging, we're not responsible. Uh, that's why we destroy everything that we do. Um, I destroyed a business more than one time. Uh, if I'm correct, I think I destroyed a business three times. Uh, a very successful business. Um, I uh, got out of prison. I couldn't get a job. And I finally got a job. And it, I didn't really like the job, but I did it. And the money wasn't great. And uh, But I did the job because that's all I could get, man. And I was on a path at this time where I really wanted to change and do whatever. But um, I ended up, ended up that they ended up firing me after the fact, after they run my background check. They went on and hired me for it come back. But anyway, then I started, I started, I got a job doing appliance repair and ended up starting a business. And uh, it became successful overnight. But uh, I celebrate that success and went and bought, I don't know, a couple grams of heroin and relapsed immediately. And I was able to kind of hold my own a little bit. Uh, they're running in the ground, uh, went back to prison, got out, started again. Same thing was successful again. But what I'm getting at is that it was being responsible. I wasn't responsible. Um, you know, I'd see that money and I'd have enough money to go party for a few days. And that's what I would do. Uh, I'm glad Bobby. Uh, I remember you saying that, that you ain't never done drugs. And I'm so thankful that you haven't, I don't want, I don't want anybody to have to live through that demon. Uh, it's just an unreal thing for people to have to live through. And it's just, uh, it's not getting any better. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, it's only getting worse. And the main reason all everything's getting worse. And not only that, it's with everything in this country is because we took God out of everything, man. And, uh, it's so hard to bring him back in everything. But uh, thank you for joining my fan club, Bobby. I do appreciate that. Um, anyway, so now when you, when you get sober, all these things, all these good traits or whatever you want to call it, they start not only coming back, you want them. It's a, you have a desire for them. You have a desire for the people to love you, to believe you when you say something, uh, or to be proud of you, um, all these different things. And so when someone is, says they're in sobriety and they're not responsible for all that, they're lying, man. They're not doing it. They're not working the program. They're not doing it because you wouldn't do those things. You definitely wouldn't leave something like this because I said time and time again, look, I'm going to do it at such and such time. I'm going to advertise it, you know, um, this is, this is more to me than just, you know, I don't just get up here in the microphone and just talk, man. This is my life. This is what I do. And, um, I'm trying to help people. And so, so like that chaps my ass, it really does, but it is what it is. You have to roll on. That's really the fault really lies on them because what that really does is it puts that in his head and now he's done something wrong. And so he's going to have to make his amends or do whatever, uh, because he has done something wrong. He made a commitment and, uh, I kept, he kept asking me about it. He's asked me about it for I don't know about a week now um and i'd say i you know whatever and then uh i i had i needed to do a show because i haven't done one in a few days and i was like man i'm gonna go and do one i was like well it'd be good to do an interview and so uh but he left me hanging like that but some good things that's happened is uh, uh i've got a potential sponsor coming on board um gonna find out about that this week so all oh, that's good so now i even have more responsibility more responsibility so and I have responsibility to people who listen to me because I've had more than one person tell me today that they've listened to all my shows and, and they love them and keep on doing it and, and all that. So I could have very easily just said, oh, well, you know, this guy didn't show up, man. So I'm just not going to do a job or do a show. But then that would be, I'm not, I'm not doing the right thing. And I live every day to do the right thing. And that's what we do in sobriety. That's, that's why you work the program. That's what these steps do. They get all that bull crap out of you and you stop living that way. And so anyway, being responsible, you know, for me, 
I think I lost the sense of responsibility before I ever had it, if that makes any sense. Um, I was telling somebody this story the other night. I said, you know, after I had my accident when I was 11, I don't know if it's that I saw how much it worried my mother or whatever it was. But at the age of 11, after I healed up, man, I would leave and stay gone for two or three days. And she wouldn't know where I was at or anything. That's a, this is at the age of 11 now. Um, why I've done these things, you know, I don't know. Um, and so I didn't have no, I never had no responsibility because from that point on at 15, I'm strung out, man. And to 17, I'm strung out. And then here comes jail and all that. And hell, you really ain't got no responsibility in there. The hell they do everything for you. I mean, pretty much they tell you when to go do this, when to go do that. And so you really ain't got to do a whole lot of stuff, you know, to be responsible. And I didn't, I didn't know that stuff. And when I got out in 2009, I didn't even know how to do a checkbook, man. I didn't know. I didn't understand the concept of basically I could have $2,000 in my pocket. And if I had a $3 or $300 bill, I wouldn't pay it just because I wasn't dumb. I just didn't understand the responsibility thing. Um, some people may not understand that, but that that's real. That's very real. And, um, Beth is actually what taught me all that. Um, I didn't get it. I didn't understand, but I would watch her and the things that she would do. And so I started understanding, you know, okay, there's more to this thing than me. And I started gaining these little things, but getting sober, I understand it completely, man. And that's who I want to be. I want to be a man of my word. Uh, I want to be clean. I want to do all these different things. And, um, we got some great things going, man. We're starting a sober living house in two weeks and we finally got all that finalized. And so on the 17th, we'll be opening it. Um, and we're going to be able to house, uh, not really sure. I think six to eight men in the first one, uh, which is going to be great. It's going to be a Christian run program. It's going to be the first house of many. This is a uh, best dream. Uh, anybody's heard me talk about her. She's not an addict. Um, but she has a heart for it now because of me. Um, she saw the other side and, and what it really does. And and so uh, now she works in the career and she has a career and everything and she's in school. And so she's amazing. You know what I mean? Uh, to put up with me, man. I couldn't put up with myself, much less somebody else put up with me. But she did it and because of God. Uh, she was raised in a very, a very, very good environment, a very good home. Her father was a very godly man. So was her mother. Uh, he owned couple of music stores in Nashville for a while and ended up um, having to sell out or whatever once the bigger stores and the, I guess the big chains took over and that kind of thing and um, lost him in 1999. I never got to meet him yet. I will in heaven one day, uh, but everything I know about him is a great man. And so she has a lot of, and her grandmother was amazing. And so she has her heart already for all that. And now, uh, again, this was her dream, this house thing. And uh, it's my dream now as well. Uh, her dream is mine. And so we're going to do this thing together and it's good for me because again it goes back to responsibility i need to stay busy i need to have these things and and that's why most addicts or alcoholics when they get sober man they become highly successful because we're go-getters uh, that's what we are and we want it we want more and more and more um and that's what we do we keep going and uh, in this day and in this day and in age that's what we do it is very important Bobby, to, to stay busy um, i have to i'm that kind of person you know, I, I go to sleep fairly early at night and I get up early and, I, and I'm off and running and I'm doing good things today instead of all the bad things I did and I'm being responsible. Um, you know, the, the person that left me hanging, um, they know he's still using. I know he's still using. He definitely knows he's still using. Um, and that's on him. Let's just hope he don't die. Um, he's not fooling anybody. Uh, he's in this program thing and they were going to let him do this show or whatever. And, uh, 
some talks have been going around about it that uh, I'm pretty sure he, he still was still using and um, went for a morning run. That's right, the morning run. Man, I ain't, I haven't run in a long time, but I actually did get into running. I, I never was a big on exercising and all that, but when I was 29 or 30, somewhere around in there, all of a sudden I started gaining weight out of nowhere, and I had to start exercising. And I started with the weight thing, and then I started jogging. And I had the worst shin splints, man. I Oh, my God, that stuff hurt so bad. <laughs> I couldn't hardly walk for a week. And uh, they finally went away, but, man, it hurt. But I used to love jogging. It, it was it was nice. Um, it was uh, relaxing. It was, you know, you could put on some music and, and go with it. And um, it was good. I enjoyed it. Enjoyed it a lot. And um, can everybody hear me okay? Yeah, I got thing, you fine. Okay, this thing's showing me all kind of weird stuff here. But I think it's just this app or whatever. It did me like it the other night. But um you know people are genuinely responsible anyway think about it i mean you have children do all these things and so you have no choice but to be responsible but all that goes out the window i don't care if the baby needs diapers i don't care if the baby needs food i said this in a meeting the other day i said heck man i would have sold the baby's food you know to get it and that's that's the reality of of that disease and um and you just just think about what i just said there you would sell the baby's food to get what you needed and uh, for whatever reason whether it's the mental game for mine it was always the sickness i didn't want to be sick and um heck i wasn't even i wasn't even responsible with my own habit uh, a lot of times i had to have uh, somebody else take care of that hey oj how you doing tonight um but you know that's character to me uh, i remember when i was young my granddaddy would shake somebody's hand and that was that you knew it was a done deal there was nothing to question. You didn't have to sign no papers. You didn't have to do all this. You know what I mean? Nowadays, people shake your hand. It don't mean shit. Um, but it did back then, and that was responsibility. That was being a man or a woman. Um, and we need more of that in the world today. Um, and so I do know for sure, without a doubt, if you are an addict or alcoholic and you get sober and you work in a program, all that stuff comes with it because that's part of the steps. It's just doing, you know, if you want to be a sponsor in these kind of things, you know, you got people going to be calling you and, uh, how you doing tonight? OJ, I hope you're well. Um, and you have to be responsible for them because you have to answer the phone or re return a text. And, um, you definitely don't want somebody's not going to do it. And there's definitely ones who don't, you know, and there's sponsors who relapse, but they, they forget about the responsibility. A uh, guy shared something with me the other night, said that, uh, he's been sober for eight years and out of the blue, um, his wife hit him with, uh, she wanted a divorce. And why? Because he wasn't keeping up his responsibilities even in. So he has to go back and, and like work the steps again, you know, and, and do these things. Because uh, if you if you work them and you still got something going on, whether it be um, like for me, you know, uh, I've said it on here before. I, I did drugs with my mother at a very young age and uh, I didn't deal with that for a long time. I didn't deal with older women having sex with me when I was 12, 13, 14 years old. I didn't look at it as being molestation, but in reality, it was. Um, but you know, to a guy or to me, it was different, man. I thought I was cool because my friends, mothers wanted, you know what I'm saying or whatever, but all these things I had to deal with because I had I not dealt, dealt with them, I wouldn't be sitting here today. I'd still be out there doing the same thing. I'd be relapsing over and over and over. So if you're new in sobriety, <clears throat> if you're new in sobriety, you know, become that responsible person for society, man. They need us because we will go get it and we will do it. And the life you're living out there now in that stuff. I mean, you're just no good for nobody, and you're just going to die. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, especially if you're doing this fentanyl stuff. And 
they got something even stronger now. And the Narcan don't work on you, just so you know. Anybody listening, uh, I pray if you are listening that you hear what I'm telling you and you hear the passion in my voice telling you, please, man, you know, send me an email, do whatever. I got places, I got contacts, man. We'll get you some help because uh, you're going to die and your family's going to get that phone call and you don't want that to happen. You don't want nobody to find you in a car or, or worse, man, on some, behind some alley in a tent somewhere you're living in. Or hopefully you got a tent. You may not even have that. And um, that's the reality of what's going on right now. We're losing record numbers of people every day. We're not seeing any more about it because we got it so much shit going on in the world right now but it's all a war on god is what all this stuff is every single bit of it is this lifelong war on god mm-hmm. talks about in the bible talks about what it's going to be and yeah you know I, i'm not one of these that gets up here and says oh man i think jesus is coming tomorrow and all this that and other but i'm gonna tell you one daggum thing i think he's getting very close um and i'm ready i'm gonna be honest about it man I, i'm ready you know some days i think about it and just think i sure would love to see you coming on in here you know what i mean and uh but we got a lot of other stuff we got to go through first but um i'm ready for it what about you black dragon yeah no yeah i definitely am and i mean hopefully i can be on the surf for as long as i'll be here as long as the lord wants me to be here and hopefully i can continue to do the things i love to do but like my friend like my mother i ain't gonna be around for eternity here nope nope and that's that's i said this the other day too i said one of the one of the things that hit me real hard whenever i was just about i was just about to turn that corner and get sober was i said you know i looked at a group of people and we we're all sitting there getting high and i said you know man i want somebody to say something good about me when i die i don't want some preacher friend only know me lying about me and that's the reality of it man because up to that point nobody had a whole lot of good stuff to say about me uh, and that's true and i'm open book and i won't sit up and lie one minute because i was a piece of trash you know what i mean i say it time and time again but today you know what man somebody say something good about me and i'm proud of that uh, because i mean man i did that jump for so long i'd go to prison and i'd get out i do the same thing again go right back and do the same thing again and uh you know and i can only speak for tennessee there's no rehabilitation in there in case people don't know that i don't know where you where some of you are living at. i know some of you are in uh, another country but here in the state of tennessee rehabilitation is pretty much just locking you in the cell and that's that you don't have there's no rehabilitation there um they have a so-called drug program it's the biggest crock of junk i've ever seen in my life um you don't have to go you just have to go sign your name and that's pretty much it you get a certificate which will help you make parole and they know it man um i seen a commercial on tv yesterday where they're hiring uh tdoc guards and giving them a five thousand dollar sign-on bonus i know they are because don't nobody want to work there Uh, it's dangerous and uh, they cover all that up as well um, they went from calling it assault on an officer to inmate staff provocation. And what that does is that lies to you when you go up there to put your application in. So don't fall for that junk. Um, they need to reduce the prison population, but they're not going to do that. They're going to go build more prisons and they'll figure it out. Um, they are at 30% staffed. So that what that says to you, if you're going to go work there, is that it is even more of a dangerous job for you to do. And I'm telling you, they're not paying you that good. Um, I seen they said he's going to put them in college. Won't you put the inmates in college? Won't you do something for them? You don't do anything for them. Uh, Tennessee prisons is nothing but a, a violent, dark world, and that's it. That's all it is. Um, I did 21 years, and I, I never talked to a counselor. They have what's called a counselor, but all that counselor does is answers a request form. It is not nothing about, no, I need to talk to you about what's going on. They do not care. 
Um, and that's the fact. And if there's anyone listening from TDOC or ever hears this and you want to dispute what I'm saying, I would love to have you on the show and we can talk about it. Um, but you're not going to do that. And I know that and you do too. So, um, anyway, and that goes to responsibility too, because man, you know, that's one of the most unresponsible places I've ever seen. And then, um, you got Morgan County and all they want to do is handcuff you and shackle you and beat you up. Uh, and that's pretty big coward as well. It goes on every day. Uh, it's a sad world. Um, I believe in rehabilitation. I believe that you would, if you would try it, it might help. Um, you know, they built them. They built this big fancy prison in Tennessee. They got all this money for it. And it was supposed to be, uh, it's supposed to have welding, electricity, uh, I think masonry, mechanics, something else. And <laughs> from the moment it got built, it never, not one time has there ever been the first class taught in it. They turned it into a, um, a reception center, which is basically where you come in and do your classification at. Um, I'm glad you've never been to prison as well, Bobby. Unfortunately, I have four times. Um, yeah, you know, I, I didn't learn the first 12 years, and I had to go back and get me some more. And uh, But, you know, they kept me locked in isolation, in solitary confinement, for nine years, uh, four years, three years, and two years. Uh, it is a scary place, man. And, uh, I wish it would have scared me. Um, but I, I will say, Yes, it is. A, it is a very scary place. It is not nowhere. No one needs to go. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you're out there living that life, you're going to go if you don't die. Uh, it's one of the two. And you're going to get killed in there just as well because you're going to go in there with the same stuff. And if you ain't somebody who can handle yourself or whatever, don't think nobody in there cares about taking your life uh, because there's people in there who are never going home. And uh, they don't. I mean, they keep you locked down all the time anyway. Um and that's just, that's, that's the only punishment that they can do to you is, um, basically lock you down. I, um, went to max the first time they call it max and it's, you're locked in a, in a nine by a six by nine cell. Uh, you're basically locked in a bathroom, a small bathroom, like a half bath and just call it that in, in a normal home pretty much. Um, and they call it 23 and one, um, you know, you, they will shackle you and handcuff you before you leave your cell. You get handcuffed through the flap. Then they will open your door and some of them now have flaps on the bottom so they don't have to open your door at all until you're completely secure. And then they will walk you outside to a dog cage pretty much and give you an hour outside wreck. Uh, Now, mind you, uh, and some of these prisons are in East Tennessee, so uh, you're dealing with, you know, pretty cold temperatures and you're not going to go out there and you get no wreck on the weekends anyway. And if you don't, if you're not lucky enough to be somewhere to where you have a shower in yourself, you're going to get three of them a week. So if all that makes you want to go, you know, go ahead and get you some. Uh, and then you just go ahead and throw in there. When you go to the shower, you got to take a knife with you. When you sleep, you got to take a knife with you. When you eat, you got to take a knife with you. And if you're in some kind of organization, you have to be escorted everywhere you go because that means that somebody's trying to get you or could be. Uh, so there's nothing about the place that I would recommend anyone going. But again, if you're out here, you know, you can sit here and think, oh, man, I, my daddy and mom and daddy's got plenty of money. What about when you nod off and have a written kill somebody? You're going to prison. Uh, or when you when you uh, give somebody a bag of dope and it kills them, you're going to prison. Uh, all these different things. And mom and daddy's not going to be able to save you. Once they shut that door, no. I don't care how much money you got. Once, once the judge says you're going, well, that's really not true. But once you get sentenced, it's like that. Because then it's up to the parole board. That's who decides when they let you out. And in Tennessee, it's like this. 
if it's a non-violent offense and you're a first-time offender, and let's say you get a 10-year sentence, it's going to be a 10 at 30%. That 30% means absolutely nothing. All that means is that's when you're eligible for parole. You will not get it on that 30%, so don't fall for that when the lawyer tells you that because it's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to do about 50% no matter what because they're going to come up with some kind of bullshit that you got to take some kind of class. And all that is is something they've got some kind of funding for. And, again, it's going to be some kind of bull crap. And it's going to be, like for me, one time I, they told me I had to take this class. It's a six-week class. They said, upon completion of this class, you go home. Everybody else in my class did. The very next day, as soon as the class was, it took me six more months to get out because I lost my paperwork. So I can go on and on and stuff. But um, that's how it is. And um, I, before I'd done this show tonight, I was sitting in there and I, I, I put some Netflix on. And why I've done this, I don't know. I usually don't do this, but I saw it and it said the scariest prisons in the world. And so I thought, well, I'm going I'm to check this out. It happened to be in Finland. If you ever have a chance, y'all go and watch that. Um, for instance, there was a guy who had been in prison 21 times and had only done 23 years. 21 times and he only done 23 years. A violent offender. But they have rehabilitation there. They have these counselors. They get to do all this stuff. And it's just like a completely different world. You know, you would think that when they spend $80 billion a year in the United States of America, it goes to jails and prisons. I'm going to say that again. $80 billion. Where is this money going? You have to buy everything. They don't give you anything. Um, where is this? There's, I mean, I'm sitting here telling you there is no programs. They will, they will show on paper that there is, but there is none. This is part of my plan, too. I plan on going to the Capitol and shit about this, too, because people are getting lied to every day but we already know our government lies to us i mean that's no secret i don't want to turn it into a political thing but um you know it really gets me man i went in there really young you know what if what if i would have got some kind of rehabilitation i might not have spent 21 years in there i'm not blaming anybody again you know i've done the things i've done and i deserve to go i don't think i deserve to do 21 years for the crimes i committed i didn't kill nobody and i've done more than most murderers do and child molesters do um but again, it goes right back to the same problem. What was the underlying issue here? I was a drug addict. Um, you know that most of the time the drug addicts get more than the drug dealers. Um, it's just the laws are just jacked up, man. And it's the same way. You know, if, you, if you're if you in somewhere like Memphis, Tennessee, where they have such a high murder rate, man, they'll plead a murder case down and give you four years. Think about that. They'll plead a murder case down and give you four years just so they can clear up time in the courts or whatever. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is. It just doesn't make any sense, you know. Um, i tell you what don't make no sense. Is anybody on Podbean to worship me like a false idol? That don't make any sense. Yeah, but to say, to claim that I'm better than so-and-so as a radio um, station personality, um, I'm sorry, but that's just not true. I'm not better than anybody, Bobby. You know, I'm not better than you. You're not better than me. I'm not better than 28. I'm not better than Dane. I'm not better than anyone. I'm me, folks. I, you think I don't have my problems? Yeah, we all do. Uh, Bobby, yeah. you said you was, Bobby, you say you're from England. I don't really know much about England as far as like what the, um, what the, like what the laws are as far as do you have a lot of violent crime i'm sure there's drugs i didn't realize the drug problem was as bad as it is in finland too um they got it's the same thing there but what what shocked me what i'm still so shocked about is there was a kid there that committed a murder and he got a two-year sentence for it why do we in this country 
lock up these people who these nonviolent offenses, um, do drugs and crime. I, I figured, um, I do want to go to England. Uh, I got to figure all that out on the passport deal and all that, because I've got such a, a record, no matter how good I do, it would cost so much money to get my record expunged. I think I can go to England, but I, I don't think I can get residency and they may not even allow me there. I know that Canada, I'm not even allowed to go to Canada, no matter what. Um, but I don't want to go to Canada anyway. I find out some stuff about that. I don't want to go there anyway. They're, they're worse off than we are. But uh, it's all, and, you know, it all started in this country with the drug thing. Um, so many of these cities, people don't realize, like Miami, you see the stores, it was really built by cocaine. Detroit was really built back because of heroin. Um, and then people act like, oh, well, uh, there's a war on drugs. No, it's not, man. All these people are getting paid for it. And it's, that's, they do not care about your child. They don't care about you. They don't care about anything. All they care about is the dollar, and that's what it's became. And that's what everybody, you know, that's what drives everything is dollars, is money. I can promise you that in the state of Tennessee, 90%, if not higher, of the people in there are all in there either for drugs or some kind of, or they're selling it, or they've done something to get it, or got caught with it. Um, And, you know, they... They got so tough on that meth stuff, which is good. You know, that's a dirty, dirty, nasty drug. That, And them guys there, men and women both, when they go for parole, they're not getting parole. And so it's overrun the prisons, and then they changed it to violent crimes or 85%. And I agree with that. I, I, I believe in most cases, when it's violent crimes, I don't think you should ever get out again. I mean, that's my opinion. Because here's the thing. Like I said, there's no rehabilitation in there. So if you're already a violent person, you're only becoming more violent in there. Uh, that's a fact. Very rarely do you see anybody that's a violent offender be reformed. It happens. Don't get me wrong. But most of the time, there's only one way it happens. And that is they find God. And they truly find God. Uh, I do know a few people. Uh, I watched a story about another guy the other night. That, but that's that's it. Um, one story was really cool, man. This guy, he was, he was a violent offender. He was really mean inside there. And he has a reputation of doing it. It is too many around the world. And uh, there was a preacher that would, would come by, and they let him in there every now and then, and they would come by, and this preacher would tell him all the time, I want you to get saved. And he'd be like, oh, man, get on, leave me alone. He said he'd go right back doing dope. said a lot of times he'd be doing it in front of him in there. And said the guy wouldn't give up. He just kept on and kept on. And said he went to uh, get baptized, and he backed out of it, <clears throat> went back to his cell, and said, the, I'm going to call him a pastor, not a preacher. The pastor told him, said, I'm going to be praying for you tonight. And he said, and I'm going to pray you don't get a wink of sleep. And he said, man, I didn't sleep not a wink at night. And he said, at 6 o'clock the next morning, there he was at my cell door telling me, I've been up all night. And he said, me too. And he gave his life to the Lord right then and was a completely changed man and still is. And he, he had a life sentence, was never going to get out. And guess what? He's a free man today. He's out there walking around. But them cases don't happen a lot. You know, it just don't happen, man. Uh, you know, you, if you, you just sit here and think about it for a minute. What do you think a person has to do? If they're locked in a six by nine cell 24 hours a day, what do you think that does to your mental state? I mean, it can do a lot of things, man. I am very, very blessed that I even know my own name, much less that I'm, you know, somewhat sane. <laughs> um, because they say you're not supposed to. They say after 18 months, you lose uh, some mental uh, whatever during that time from being locked down that long. Again, I did it four years, three years, and two years. Um, the first time I swore an escape, I was at an annex, um, and they take you out to work. And I was young, and uh, I wasn't supposed to be at the annex. And they uh, 
realized it. I was supposed to go home in 120 days and 60 days into it, they come telling me, um, oh, well, you're, you're not uh, going home in 20 days for sure. And secondly, you're going back across the fence, which means I was going to get sent back to a regular prison. And this was on a Friday. And I said, well, in my mind, I said, well, if they let me go out on Monday, I'm just going to run off. And, you know, me being as smart as I was at the time, that's what I did. And I'm lucky, very, very, you know, I'm blessed that I didn't get a life sentence because um, the second day in, it was me and another guy. And, and I was like, man, I'm hungry and got to go somewhere to eat. And I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to go in nobody's house. And I definitely didn't want to hurt nobody. I didn't want to steal nothing, but I didn't have a whole lot of choice. And um, long story short, I walked up and knocked on this door and I still had prison clothes on. And um, the lady answered the door and when she did she was half dressed hey carrie how you doing and um she basically let me in and just said come on in and, and fed us and uh gave me some money and gave us some clothes and we left but she her husband was there as well and after we left and he called the police because the lady was really just outwardly flirting with me and stuff and um but i wasn't i wasn't biting on any of that anyway i mean i was adrenaline was running i just escaped i just escaped from prison so um so uh he said that i kicked the door in and tied him up and right away that's all a lie it was all a lie and she told the truth and said no i want none of that true he come up knocked on the door i let him in i gave him and that's what saved me had it not been for that i would have never got out they would have gave me a life sentence and that would have been that and so that was god there as well uh, stepped in and you know, throughout this whole process, throughout my life, I wasn't raised in church. I didn't know anything about God, but I started learning about him. Uh, but I still didn't have a relationship with him. And uh, no matter what you got going on, if you don't put God at the, at the focal point of it, there's no program or anything's going to work. I mean, it's just not. I tried it every way. I mean, I tried it. I tried to just smoke pot. I tried just to drink. I tried just to do methadone. I tried to do this, just this, just do that. I tried everything but God. And when I finally realized uh, I had to give me some of that God stuff, man, I'd be dead gum. It worked and it'll work for you too. Um, I promise you just give it a try. Um, without it, it's just not you. You'll white knuckle it for a while and you'll think you're doing okay. And, um, it's just not going to work. If anybody else wants to call in, you can call in. Um, just let me know. You can send it a message board. I can call you in if you want to. Um, but back to this God thing, I don't, I haven't never seen anyone fail who really, really built a relationship with God. Um, everybody that's in the program will tell you that, you know, it starts out with a higher power. Um, I've heard stories of potatoes. I've heard doorknobs. I've heard shoes. But at the end of the day, they're going to tell you it all comes back to God. Um, so just know that. Just start with God and then start with the program. and Work the steps, man. Work them steps. That's, that's the smartest thing you can do. Because like I said earlier, it gets all that stuff out of you and you'll become a responsible person. And when you tell somebody you're going to do something, you'll do it. Um, you won't, you know, leave them hanging like I was tonight and this, that, and other. But anywho, uh, yeah, it's all about God. Um, that's the only reason I'm here. Uh, is, and I'm only being able to do all this because of his grace, because I don't deserve it. If I got what I deserved, man, uh, I'd already be down there somewhere burning up. So, um Thank God I don't have to do that now because I'm saved and I try to live my life um, to the best. Um, if you're going to be in Nashville and you need a sober living home, we're going to have one started on the 17th. I'll give more information about it and give you the name of it and all that in the next few days coming up. 
Uh, we need more of these. It's going to be a Christian run uh, program. Um, it's not going to be one of these that you just get to go and still do your dope and all that. And you'll be kicked out immediately. You fail a drug test, you got to go. Uh, it's just how it is. And, uh, cause you're not going to infect anybody else in the house and that's how we're going to run it. Um, best really going to run it. So, and she's, a, she's a stickler for all that stuff. I promise you, she, she put up with enough of me. She, <laughs> she's not going to put it up with it, nobody else. And you're not going to be able to get over on me, man. I know all the signs. I, I done done it all. Uh, so, but if you want a good, safe, uh, place to come, and where you can live and be and feel safe and work your program and get on your feet and we'll have a place for you and we'll have many more you know this is just the beginning of one um this is her dream uh, it's my dream now for her because she is just man she is it's more, more excited than i've seen her since i got sober so it's awesome to see her that way um to see someone who who's not an addict and doesn't suffer with it to be truly that happy for other addicts it, it's really amazing um so um black dragon you can talk about god you know about god of course definitely even though you know i don't make it anything of my station about that at all but i put him first in my life because you know like i said if it wasn't for god i i would have never at all been able to take those first steps for whatever it is that i wanted to do with my life and yeah even though i may be I'm not really offended what Marcus FM said tonight, but the thing is, though, Dane, you know, and the Bible clearly states this, we're not supposed to put others or make false idols out of us. Man, I, I don't even have, I don't have any idea what, you, what you're talking about there. Uh, I really don't. Uh, I really like to stay off that topic, if you don't mind. I'd like to stay on yeah. sobriety and God, because I don't have a clue what you're talking about, man. I don't have any clue at all. I don't know um at all what he said i don't even know the show you're talking about to be honest about it um and so i would just like to stay on the topic if you wouldn't mind no i don't mind at all thank you buddy um because that's what that's what people are here for that's what they're here for on my show yeah, is to hear is, is to hear about sobriety and, and all these things man i don't i'm not trying to be disrespectful to you but again i don't have a clue at all, man. No, no, all right no um so let's get back on this responsibility thing you know, there's nothing more appealing to people than to know that if I tell them, hey, I'm going to be there at 4 o'clock tomorrow, uh, I'm going to be there at 4 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, if I'm going to, you know, come help you cut your grass, I'm going to be there to help you cut your grass. Uh, to me, that's just an upstanding person, and I, I respect that more than anything in the world. And That's what we're supposed to be in sobriety. Um we're supposed to do all the things that we didn't do. We're supposed to be completely different than we were when we were drinking and drugging. And if we're not, we got some stuff to work on. Uh, it's not for me to judge. I'm not judging. I'm just telling you, if, if you're not that person, if you haven't changed it, your whole everything, the way you were living when you're out there in them, in them drugs and drinking, then something's just not right. Maybe you need to work steps again or, or maybe change the sponsor or whatever, or dig a little bit deeper. Because a lot of times we go in there and work in steps, whether, you know, you don't want to let everything out. Maybe you don't trust the person that you're talking to, and that's fine too. You know, work them again. You can't never work them enough. You know, it, it just keeps it keeps going over and over, no matter what. When you get to the end, you start all over and do it again. And we never stop doing that. Because when we do, what happens, man? We go right back. And that's all it takes is that one slip up, that one thought. <clears throat> For me, that's how it was. I could be doing just fine. And I had the world in my hands so many times right there. And what did I do? I took that hard left, and there I went, man. 
I'd go back to prison, right back down. There's nobody want me around them, nobody, anything. You know what I mean? I was like the plague, and I don't blame them. I, didn't, I wouldn't want me around either. Um, not today. I wouldn't want somebody. Now I want somebody like that around me because I want to help them, but um, not because of how they're living, that's for sure. Because, you know, like a guy said, he said, when I was out there drinking and drugging, he said, I'd go home. He said, as I walk in, they'd say, hide the pocketbooks, hide the wallets, hide the uh, prescription bottles, hide the liquor. He said, now he goes home and none of that. They're just happy to see him because people know when you're sober. You get a whole nother glow about you. Your weight comes back. You're clean. You ain't smelly. And you ain't asking for money. You ain't doing this, that, and the other. And people see that. Uh, is it going to come back overnight? And it's probably not. I mean, some of it might not ever come back. I've got relationships that, man, you know, I would I would give anything if I could go back and undo some of the things I've done. I can't. But what I can do is be that responsible, good person every day and let them see that. And even in, even in success, there's going to be people that you've done something to or whatever, man, they're not going to like it. They're not going to like it. You're successful. Don't worry about that. Just be like the eagle does when the crow lands on his back. Just keep flying higher. It's all you got to do. And all that, all that do is show them and they'll, they'll eventually leave you alone. Um, and, but at the end of the day, can we really be mad at somebody that's that way? You can, and you can't, you know, cause really that's on them. Um, when it comes to forgiving people or making amends, some amends just are not, no matter what, are just not going to be fixed. Um, I got a 25 year old son, man. He, he will not talk to me. I don't care what I do. Um, yeah, he's 25 years old. Uh, he was three weeks old. When I went to prison the first time uh, I was able to see him born. I was in Texas on the run and uh, his mother got pregnant. We decided to have a baby. You know, again, I was real smart back in. I knew I was going to prison and I knew it was a stupid thing to do. And, um, we did it. And I'm thankful. I mean, I'm thankful that, you know, that I have a son, but I, man, it's really hard to sit there and think about all these years and that I was away. You know, it's one thing if when I got out the first time, I white knuckled it twice, stay clean the first time, seven years, second time, work four. It's not a good way to live. No, it's not. And I tried it too, Carrie. I, I did, man. I'm telling y'all, I tried every way in the world. And man, I'd look at Beth and I'd see just the hurt and just the all out pain in her face because she would know. I, I would say, how I would always mess up, I'd say, you know what? I bet I can smoke a joint, and I'd see her. And man, you talking about mad? Oh my goodness! You talking about throwing a, a, a cat in water? And what would that do? I started to fight, and I got a reason I can leave. And here I go. I'd smoke a joint, and the next day I'd be doing heroin. Um, but I had a thing with alcohol too. Uh, <clears throat> when I was in Texas, whenever she got pregnant, actually, um, in case you don't know it, men and young men, if you're on opiates, <laughs> it slows your your sperm count down. And so, uh, if you want children, you better get off that dope. But anyway, um, so. She wanted to have a baby, and uh, she was on birth control. And she quit taking it, and so I was like, "Well, man, I'm, I'm gonna quit taking these pills." And I did, and I, but I started drinking immediately, and I would say probably in about a month, it, it was so bad I already had to wake up and take a couple shots of tequila just to go to work. So I'm an addict through and through. No matter what I do, I do it to the to the fullest. There's no no matter if it's well, I've, I've slacked back on my coffee now. I was drinking a lot of coffee, but. I got a little hit about that earlier. I drank a green tea and she told me to slow down on my caffeine. Because uh, that's a real, I, you know, that's, that stuff is real for an addict, man. We just, you know, whether it's chewing bubble gum, you know, I dip and um, I notice that habit gets worse and I try to keep it back because it's, and I think it's better to smoke cigarettes, but it's still a bad habit, you know. Um, I always start the program, but then I got complacent. There you go. I'm glad you said that. I've been meaning to say that. Thank you so much. 
I've been meaning to use that and say that complacent thing because we do that too. We get complacent and we think we got it. Man, that's it. That's that's that voice in your head. And all that is is that's the disease is talking to you. It's telling you, well, look at you, look at you right now. That one time ain't gonna hurt you. Yes, it is. I ain't never seen a drug addict can do just one time and stop. If you can, you're not a drug addict. Um, you're just a, a part-time user. But I don't know any people that just do heroin every now and then myself. Um, I had never met one. And I'm going to tell you something else I don't know. I don't know a lot of 60, 70-year-old people that do heroin either. They're already dead. So think about that also. If you want to live, you know, if you're like me, I'm 48 years old. So by the, what they say, the span of life, I got about 24 left. Man, I'm going to tell you, these are going to be some damn good 24 because uh, I'm not going to be doing dope. And I don't care if and, if I ain't got money in the bank or whatever it is, I'm sober. Um, but, I mean, I'm okay, and we're going to do okay. We're going to help a lot of people. And that's what I live my life for today. You know, I never thought I'd be this person, y'all. I'm telling you right now, I never believed it. I never would have in a million years. And there's a million more people out there to tell you, saying there is no way Dane Gentry is doing what he's doing. I never would have believed it. And let's start in these homes. And, and truly, it's where my heart is. And But that's God. He changed everything about my heart. Uh, prison made me a cold, cold man. Um, but again, you know, I deserve to go there. I'm not one of the people that, you know, will say, oh, poor, poor, pitiful me. No, I did that shit. And so you, you break the law. That's what they do. The police have never singled me out. I promise you that. Anytime they come and arrest me, I was in trouble. I did it. I'm bipolar. That's, I know. That's, I know. See? And mm-hmm. I, I mean to catch you off, Dane. See? You're, you know, Carrie, you know, I am too. I'm also bipolar. I know. I know what that feels like. It, it's rough. Anyone knows, I know. And I'm sorry today, dang, tonight. You're okay. I didn't mean to bring something up because I just kind of had a rough Sunday, to be honest with you. Uh, hey, and, and there's no problem with that, man. I just I know I just saw the people that was on, and I've been talk, kind of talking to them today, and I know uh, what they want me to talk about and what they want to hear, and that's what I do. You know what I mean? That's what, oh, I, that's what it is. Um, but bipolar. Um I don't know that I have it. I used to think that I did, but what happened to me was I went to bed one night. I woke up the next day and I, t- I told Beth, I said, I'm done. The relationship's over with. I don't want to see you no more. I was a completely different person. I was sober. And uh, this is the beginning of sobriety. And um, I, you would have thought that I was still using. I lost weight. I isolated myself. I done all of these things, but I went into depression and, um, they called it paranoid schizophrenia. They called it a hangover, basically, from the drug use. And I wouldn't go to the doctor. I was one of them people. I was like, Mm-mm, I'm not going to them people because I saw what they did to mental health in prison. And all they did was give them something so strong, man, it just stayed uh, like a zombie or sleep all the time. And I was like, I don't want to be that way. If I was going to be that way, it's going to be on drugs. But I finally went, and I had an amazing, amazing doctor. She is freaking awesome, man. And she finally talked me in to start taking some medicine. And I took it for a while. I don't have to take it anymore. But that bipolar, I, I have some people in my life as well. I know Black Dragon deals with it. Um, and so my heart goes out to you. I'm hoping that you're treating it. Um, and the struggle is real, Carrie. It is. And it's there's so many underlying things that go along with this addiction. Because that's all the stuff we're running from. Uh, we're running from so many other things, whether it's childhood trauma. You know, I had a lot of childhood trauma. I didn't have no, I, I wasn't molested uh, by any men or anything. But I feel like. I was by women. I didn't for a long time. I thought it was cool for a young kid or whatever you want. I was a kid, uh, 12, 13, 14 years old, 15, 16. Um, and for whatever reason, uh, my friends and mothers always wanted to, you know, whatever. Uh, I don't want to get dirty and nasty, but 
Um, and so, but I finally dealt with that. And um, someone said it to me. said, no, you was molested. And I was like, yeah, uh, I really was. A huge advocate for mental health and medications. If that's what it takes to feel better. I agree one million percent. Do whatever you got to do. You know what I mean? Um, some people don't agree with medications, but I'm going to tell you right now. If I wouldn't have got on medication, I wouldn't be here today. I would not be on the other side of this, on this microphone. I would have took my own life without a doubt. Uh, my nephew had just took his life. Uh, my brother was already going through that. And uh, I tried twice. Uh, luckily, I did not succeed. Um, but after the second time, you know, I said, that's it. That's enough. I see how real it is. But I, I told him, I said, if I ever got there, I, I knew I would attempt, if not uh, complete the process. And so <clears throat> thank God I didn't. But I'm a huge advocate for it, too, and I talk about it all the time, Carrie. I should talk about it more. Uh, me and Beth actually have a show planned, and we're going to be on here together um, because she's already ed more educated as far as, you know, the education style part of it than I am. And I think it'll be a good show for people to hear, and anyone's more than welcome to join in um, because we're all about that as well because it is real. Uh, um, oh, no, it's not a weakness. It's a strength. You're, de you're definitely Absolutely. right. It's a it's a strength, especially when you reach out for help. And that takes a lot. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. suicide is something that you'll never understand. And I want people to really hear that. Your your family and stuff will never understand that. They will never grasp that. So please, you know, reach out to me. I leave my email on here and all that stuff all the time. And I'll lead you. I'm not a doctor, but I, I know people and I do have connections and we'll lead you in the right way. I promise you that. And I'll talk you through anything. I'll talk to you all night long. You can call me at 3 o'clock in the morning. And I'll talk to you. And I promise you, I will. I'll answer my phone. Uh, I'll answer an email. I'll answer all that stuff. Um, I don't just get up here and talk, man. I walk the walk. And um, I've always done everything I've ever done. I, I've done it very well, whether it was bad stuff or good stuff. And uh, this is what this is what my life is today. This is what my career is going to be as well. Uh, I'm not doing any of this for the money. Uh, I have bills to pay, of course. But um, I'm doing it because I want to help. I wish I wished I'd had it. I wished I'd had the help when I was young. I needed it, man. I had a you know, I saw my mother just get unbelievably beat by men. I mean, I can just go on and on and all these different things. And I'm also for that as well. I'm so against uh, domestic violence. Uh, I think yeah. it is a very cowardly thing for a man to do. It um, is. And, and I'm all about that as well. We had, we had talked about starting a house for that, uh, but it gets a little bit more difficult uh, to do that. Uh, but again, I'm not saying it's out of the picture yet. Uh you know, we'll just see what happens. God will lead us, man, where he wants us to go. And as long as we're doing the right thing, there's no, there's, you know, the sky's the limit. And uh, we always need help. And, and Carrie, it's awesome for you that, that you, you know, I kind of shot herself eight years ago and I've had tips as well. God said not today. Yes, ma'am, he did. Thank, thank the Lord you're still here and talking to me on the other side of this thing. And I want you to be here every day or anytime that you're, you're free and I'm doing these shows. I used to do them Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, but I threw one in tonight just because I hadn't done one in, in a little while. I was off myself this past week. Um, I had some things, you know, in my personal life. And uh, what, what's funny about that is not funny, but I was going to try to do one Friday night. So I come on and I was on for about five minutes. And I was just like, wasn't nobody on. I was just like, I'm not feeling it. I ended it. Well, then Nick, I don't know where he is tonight. He must be working or something. But he uh, was like, were you going to do a show or not? And I was like, well, yeah. And so I said, come on, we'll go on. And I went on, and he come on. He couldn't hear me, so I thought my microphone was messed up. And I said, that's just God telling me I need to recharge. And that's what I did this weekend. And so I got me a recharge. I'm ready to go now. I'm off and running now for the next 30 days or whatever <laughs> whatever it is he wants me to do. But um, 
I'm so sorry, uh, Carrie, for that. My nephew did the same thing. Uh, didn't tell anybody. Um, didn't reach out to nobody. Nobody really know, uh, knew that he was having problems in his in his marriage and things like that. And my brother's not the same man today. My brother's successful, and um, uh, he owns Gentry Towing in Franklin there. And um, but he's not the same man. And, and I see it. You know what I mean? I see it and I hear it, and uh, it does a lot of damage to people. And um, there's help out there. And there's one thing I know. If you reach out to somebody, all you're going to get is love, man. People are going to love you through it. And that's what we need. And we need more of that in this world, y'all. We need love. Love in everything that we do. Uh, people feel love and they see love and it's genuine. And people know when it is genuine. And when it is, I promise you, more people are going to come. And once you get one person, the word's going to spread. They're going to say, hey, look, I got a number for you to call. And that's what we need to do. All we do today is we get caught up on politics and all this. If I sit around and get on that all day, I'm going to be pissed off too. I don't want to do all that. Uh, I can't vote anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, but I said today, I said, I want to identify as a, a non-convicted felon. Does that mean I get to vote and get a gun and, and own them? Of course not. But Well, um, I, I don't need to get into that anyway because my blood pressure will go through the roof. And yeah, it's... I don't need that, brother. You know, I used to love to wake up in the mornings and drink my coffee and watch the news. Now I can't stand it, man. I just I can't, can't stand either, it. Man. I just, I, I, I try to, uh-uh. I try to pick a little bit here or there just because I need to know what's going on, which whether it be traffic or whatever like that. But other than that, um, I just, it just, man, it just angers me. And so it's just not a good way to start your day. You know, for no. me, I love, to, I love start my day with God and on a positive note Amen. and uh, talking to somebody about recovery and, um, Carrie, we're looking into doing some stuff on, on mental health, just so you know. Um, she can't watch it anymore either. I know it's it's really sad. Beth hadn't watched I it in a long I time. Can't. And like I Mm-mm. said, all it is, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, all it is is a recycle, repeat, r- rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat garbage over and over and over again. And it's what they want you to watch. You know, it's what they want you to see. It's all smoke and mirrors. and. Um, sure. You know, if I need to know the weather, that's what I got this iPhone for. I'll go on there and hit the weather button. It'll show me what's going on. And mm-hmm. uh, Right now, it's wintertime. It's cold. I don't like it. <laughs> uh, I don't like the cold weather. <laughs> I like to be yeah, warm no, and hot. I don't but, either. You know, I don't in, these, in these programs and different things that we got, it's all become money, too. But usually, in them programs, there's usually one or two people, man, that really, really care. And so if you're, if you're struggling and you're going to go get help – no matter what people say about it, go get it. Hey, Shorty, how you doing? Go get the help, man. There's going to be somebody there that's going to love you too and care, and you'll build unbelievable um, uh, friendships and stuff in there. And uh, um, just go get it, you know. And you'll you'll see the people that's real. We know we know real and we know fake because when we was out there living on that dope, we was all fake, so we know all about it. Um, so just you know, reach out. No matter what it is you got going on, man. I don't. I talk about addiction primarily because that's what I. That's what I. I'm a drug addict, and so um, I know more about that. That's kind of my forte. Uh, I went to school for that. Trust me, I spent many years in that and got all kinds of degrees in it. Um, and I can help you through it. And that's what we're gonna do. Um, I got about five minutes left, y'all. I'm gonna cut this at an hour. Uh, I want to thank everybody for coming, Shorty. You always come in at the last minute, girl. Uh, and so I want to thank everybody. Uh, everybody tonight we've had a, i've had a good show there's been a lot of people on uh some people that come over black dragon uh bobby uh thank you carrie for coming for the first time glad to see you here and thank you for all the kind words you told me earlier today as well i really appreciate that um because sometimes i struggle too wondering man if, if i'm really doing the right thing and 
I know I am, but you know, it's that, it's that little voice in your head trying to tell you things ain't going fast enough, but they are, they're going a lot faster than I ever would imagine. You know, I'm doing things they say take a couple of years to do. And so, Hey, there's Beth. I was finna end it, honey. Uh, but you can come on and speak a minute if you want to. Uh, I'll stay on a minute. You want me to tell me what you want me to do? You want to come on and speak or no? Uh, let's see. The little voice. Yes, it can. It, that little voice is, and that's that little voice is what got me uh, so many times. Um, okay, she's listening. So I'm gonna end it in about four more minutes, honey. Um, y'all don't listen to that little voice. You know that little voice that says you can do it at one time. Please don't fall for that shit. I did it so many times. That's what I was talking about. I said, it always starts the same way, and she's going to probably second this real quick. I'd say, I'm going to smoke a joint. And I told him, I said, I'd watch your skin boil and your blood boil as soon as I'd say it because you knew it was coming. I'd go smoke the joint, and I'd be doing heroin the next day. Oh, brother, there it is. Uh, so don't fall for that stuff, man. You know, uh, if you're an addict and you can't do it, uh, you might get away with it for a month or two or maybe a year, but I promise you, you're going to go back because it's just not going to be enough. Uh, you're going to want the high or the drink or whatever buzz it was that you used to getting. Uh, you can't tell me that you ain't because you can't lie to me, man. Like I said, I, I've tried to do it every way. But if you want help, we're here for you. Uh, Podcast at gmail.com. All you got to do is send me a, um, an email uh, on Facebook Messenger. You can send me a message on there. Uh, again, thank you, Carrie, for all the kind words earlier. Thank you, Bobby, for always being here. Black Dragon's gone. Shorty, thank you for coming. And, of course, you, honey, thank you. I love you. And you've always been my number one supporter. Um, and I'll see everybody next time. Thank y'all. I love y'all.